up by the word of God. Come on, rise on your feet with me, celebrate Jesus. Put your hands together as we receive the word of God this morning by our pastor, Reverend John Joseph. Jesus this morning. Glory be to God. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We adore you. Our life is all about you. The air we breathe is you. The life we live belongs to you. Everything that we have is of you, O oh God. As your children, we've gathered again this morning to learn your ways, to understand our purpose. We've gathered that we may know how to please you more, Lord. The Bible says, who knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God? Holy Spirit, take of what is of the Father this morning. And show it to us. We desire to know more of God. So this morning I ask precious of the Spirit. Come and teach us. In the way that every one of us. Will be greatly impacted. By the life changing truth. Of your word. I thank you because today is our day of turnaround. We worship you, Lord. Lift your voice and just thank God for what He's going to do in your life in this service, everybody. Just thank Him. If you believe, just thank Him. Thank Him for what He's going to do in your, in your life, for what He's going to do in your life today. Just thank Him. This is a special service. Thank Him. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Shout it louder, amen. amen. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to another divine encounter service. One thing is certain, you will encounter God today. I say you will encounter God today. Last week, I started sharing on the subject of fulfilling purpose. Fulfilling purpose. And I'm going to be continuing in this service on that same subject of fulfilling purpose. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. I'm reading from New Living Translation. 
but you can leave the KJV on the screen. Good. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled under food as worthless. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Verse 15. No one lights a lamp and then put it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Wow. Understanding your purpose. Now, one of the major questions we all need to ask ourselves, why am I here in this world? Why am I here? What is the plan and purpose of God for my life? The Bible's likened us to a salt. And the word of God said, if the salt loses its flavor, another item you can use is the sugar. Loses flavor. What, what sweetener? What is it that can make it salty or sweeten it again? Because by design, sugar is meant to be sweet. Salt by design is meant to be tasty, to be salty. But now, you carry these two substances and you put them on your tongue and you cannot feel the saltiness of the salt or the sweetness of the sugar. The question is, what will you go and buy in the market to help the salt? So, the moment we don't understand our purpose and strive to fulfill them, what happens is that we lose relevance in life. Now, when salt is no longer tasty, you can't feel the saltiness. Salt begins to move around like sand. The value of salt is gone. And you'll be so surprised that everywhere you'll be seeing salt on the floor. Why? Because salt now has lost its purpose. The moment the sugar is no longer sweet, sugar is no longer useful. Because when I have my tea now, pouring 
sugar there when it's not going to fulfill the purpose with to sweeten whatever I'm putting in is as used as pouring sand. So the first lesson I want you to learn is this. When we don't understand our purpose in life, we lose our relevance. We lose our importance. What makes us relevant in the scheme of things in this world, even in the hand of God, is that we understand why we are here. You are able to answer that question. And you strive to fulfill it. A student who don't know why he's in school, when he gets to school, can, become a, can begin to play football all around the place. A student who failed to understand the purpose why he or she was sent to school, <laughs> you know, one time a man of God asked some students and said, why do you think you did not do well in school? And one of them said, when I got to school, I joined the badminton club and we were always going for badminton training and I no longer have time for my study. The question is, are you in school? Were you sent to school for badminton? Those are other additives. So no student emerge a first class without staying glued to purpose in school. No student will ever emerge a first class without first understanding what he is doing in that school and paying the price of discipline to stay focused. In fact, you see that such, such students have less social life. So, genuine first class, I mean, not the purchased one. Such students will have less social life. Such students will not be found from one club to the other. Such students will, will not be found doing a lot of things. My brother-in-law, I think he had first class. Yeah. First class when he finished his university. In one of the prestigious universities here, he's in U.S. now. And even now, he's doing his doctorate degree. Am I right? And uh, among the student there, he knew why he left Nigeria to go and study on scholarship in America. Recently, they gave him an award that among the few students doing their doctorate degree, he even emerged the best. When I have never seen him going to any party since he was in the U.S. Never for once. I have never seen it. Is it wrong to go to a party? No. If that is your own purpose in life, I will advise you every day just go and shop on Amazon and keep going. Party well if that is who you are. But what I'm saying is that no one can be promoted without understanding his purpose. Imagine Joseph in Egypt not knowing why Pharaoh made him second in command. So he began to do touring all around the place was moving from one Egyptian city to the other, moving from one Egyptian city to the other, and when he leaves, then he will go to Lebanon, just touring and having diplomatic affairs all around the place, trying to make Egypt um, the number two economic, whatever, whatever. Go and check your Bible. The day Joseph was announced as the second in command in Egypt, he knew that the only reason why God placed him there is that there is a famine coming. So, even when others were busy doing other things, Joseph was busy building 
the facilities and putting infrastructures in place that will make a relevance in seven years' time. Joseph knew that the lifespan, what will determine his continuity and relevance in the land of Egypt, is that by the time these seven years comes, I'm able to utilize my position to secure the food security of Egypt. And when that seven years came, Joseph demonstrated excellence. And until he died, he never lost that position. He remained there as long as he was alive. Why? He understood his purpose. Now, we as human beings, we may want to ask ourselves again, what is God's purpose for our lives? Why did God put us here on this earth? What are we here to do? The summary of our purpose as human beings can be divided into two. Number one, honoring God. He created us to bring honor to him. Honor and fear of God. Honoring him, stroke fear. The fear of God is to honor him. When you honor him, you are demonstrating your fear for him. Revelation chapter 14 verse 7 says, Say with a loud voice, fear God and give him and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. So the Bible says that fear God. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. The Bible says. His son honoreth his father. His servant his master. If I then be a father. Where is my honor? So. For you to be relevant to God. The fear of God. The honor of God. Must be paramount. At the core of our hearts. The moment your life does not demonstrate the fear of God, the moment you go about doing things that does in a way that does not honor God, you see, you can fast and pray. You can do every other thing. You will see that your value before God begins to go down. Why? Because you have lost sight of the most important things that is dear to God. And as for God, he doesn't joke with his fear and honor. The second thing, summary is to bring glory to God. Bringing glory to God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. He had called us to glory and virtue. What does this mean? You know, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible said that God created man in his image and his likeness. In other words, as long as anybody sees you, your life must be a pointer to God. Your action, your motive, everything you do, when people look at you, must make them remember God. You see, another way you can put image and likeness of God is that we are created in the, as the mirror of God. As the mirror of God. So in the mirror, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see a dog and a goat, I'm sure you'll be very afraid. But when you look at yourself in the mirror, you want to see your own resemblance. The thing is, whenever men, when you are fulfilling purpose, even if you're a businessman, if you are a married woman, everything you do in your marriage, in your career, in your in your ministry, whatever sphere of life that God has put you, you must mirror the image of God. 
A child of God that is in business is not going to do business the way another person will do it. He will do that business in a way that when anybody gets to your business point, before they go and come, they must know that a child of God is there in this business. If you are in that office, they don't even know you don't have your big Bible. But somehow, there is something about your life, a certain aura, that when people look at you, they will know that, no, this person is a child of God. Why? That is when you are fulfilling your purpose. You people always see you and they remember God. Hallelujah. Let's go deeper now. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, let's see the purpose why God made man once more. And we are going to see these two there. The fear and the honor. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Do you see? Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man. That is fear. Saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Are you still with me? Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. How do we demonstrate our fear of God? For God. Simple. The fear of God is demonstrated by obedience to God. In the book of John chapter 14 verse 12, 20, the Lord Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandment. Very explicit. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandment. God is into obedience. Now, let's go deeper. You see, in Genesis chapter 3, by the time we go into verse 15, uh, verse 23, see what happened now. I want us to read both together now. First, Genesis chapter 3, 2 verse 15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to what? Keep it. Now, let's go again. Verse 23 of Genesis chapter 3. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. This man was doing two business at two different points in time in his life. The first time when God created him, the Bible said that God put him in the garden and God gave him an assignment. Walk for me. Till the ground. Again, in verse 23, God sent him forth and God also gave him the authority. Go and walk. But what is the difference between these two career life that this man has? One was before the fall the other was after the fall. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, when God created man, when man was still in love with God, when he feared God, when he was honoring God, when he was living his life to bring glory to God, he obeyed God. And his relationship with God was fantastic because everything he was doing was what, how God wanted him to live his life. I said, when you love God, when you fear God, if your desire is to bring glory to God, you will always be focused 
on living a life of obedience even when naturally you don't agree with some of them your 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 mindset may not agree obedience is your demonstration of the fear of the honor and of bringing glory to god when you live a life of absolute obedience to the commandment of god you are a man who understood your purpose because god will not bless a man without first giving him a commandment to obey god will not bless a man without first giving him a commandment to obey in fact what i say to people is when you are a child of god and things begin to go around around you you are in a season of great difficulty is a time for you to reflect is there any way i'm walking in disobedience because until disobedience sets in frustration cannot reign in your life until disobedience sets in because now you are doing it, but he said, "No, you see, you have on, you have you have lost of the for, for, of the purpose with which I have blessed you, with which I made you. Now you want to do things, but you are doing it to suit yourself and not to suit him. Now listen, in Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen, man was dressing the garden, but Genesis chapter three, something had changed. When man was dressing the garden in Genesis two fifteen, he was doing it to bring glory to God." man understood the fact that this garden does not belong to me before i was made god had created this garden he put me here to enjoy the garden but ultimately to till this garden to do everything in this garden for his glory in genesis chapter 3 when the devil came and tempted man the first thing the first resultant effect of that temptation was that in verse let's go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 7 and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and what did they do and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves in Genesis chapter 2 it was all about God in Genesis chapter 3 it was now about self you see, when your life becomes self-centered, you focus more on yourself, on your problem, on your nuclear family, on your extended family, and you don't focus anymore on God, you are now going back to a fallen state. The Bible said they made themselves for themselves. It's about me now. I want to live a life that pleases me. And do you know that from that moment they made themselves something? Like I explained to you last week, they stopped working for God. And when God came and they eat themselves in their career, Bible said that they eat themselves among the leaves, among the tree, with the one that now they used to make the clothes that they are wearing. So they value that tree more than God. So God showed up and said, No, you know, God. I don't have time for you right now. Um, there is a tree in this garden. I know that it can make me leaves. If I look at my wife and I, this tree now has provided good clothes for us. When we were serving you, we didn't have that much. But now look at us. Dressed so well in this regalia of fig tree. The Bible says that they eat themselves from God. They eat themselves. Now they are in their career. So God said, well... Since I am no longer relevant to you, that's what you then read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 23. I am allowing you to go and serve yourself. 
So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible then says, Therefore the Lord God sent them forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground. Boy, that was when man began his own career path. Go and work for yourself. You don't want to serve me anymore? Go and work for yourself. Go and work for yourself. Go and work for yourself. Listen to me. God did not create you to serve yourself. He created you to bring honor to him. He created you to bring glory to him. He created you and every blessing of God that you enjoy is with one purpose. To draw you near to him. Every blessing, every breakthrough always have that purpose. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou art died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the precious bleeding side. The question is, examine your life this week. That your job, did it draw you nearer to God? Is your marriage drawing you nearer to God? Is your career drawing you nearer to God? But it's all about yourself now. It's all about the money you can make. It's all about becoming big, becoming big and having more. I pray today. That God will restore you to himself. Amen. You will not live a life. That will not fulfill the purpose of God for your life. You know recently I always remember somebody I made a call to. Some, about some last month. Brother I have not been seeing you in church for some time. What is the problem? Oh pastor you know the company I'm working for. We just began to import some things right now. And um, we are so busy. In fact, it's Monday to Sunday. We, uh, every Sunday morning, I had to go to work and do a lot of things. And I'm so busy now. But, you know, I promise, I promise I'm going to just, you know, find time for God somehow. You know, but right now, I need to be all in this. And I laughed. That is what the devil wants. Do you know that sometimes the devil blesses people with the aim of just taking them away from God? He will have tried immorality, it didn't work with you. He tried fornication, it didn't work with you. Tried every other thing, but he said, oh no, Christians are very sensitive to blessing. Why don't I just bless him with more new contracts and get him busy? By the time he gets busy, he will forget God. And like nothing else, you know, when we play those um, worth game, that often is the joker. That Christians often look for blessing, and sometimes the devil also hides behind most blessings. And you've seen, I've seen in my short time with God, blessings turning the heart of people away from God. I pray that your own heart will not be stolen. Now let's go. How do we fulfill our purpose? Number one, change your thinking. How do we fulfill our purpose in life? To fulfill your purpose, you have to change your thinking. What do I mean? You see, how you think determines how you live. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7, 
As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, the battle of life is actually lost or won in our minds. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep your mind with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. In NIV, it says it this way. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. Everything you do flows out of your heart. Flows out from it. If you are not serving God today, if you are not living to glorify God, actually it is about the way your perception of who God is and what God is to you. In fact, you realize that until the devil was able to attack their mind, in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible said that, and he saw that the tree was good for food. In other words, the devil was able to change their reasoning pattern. The devil never struck them with arrow. He never came to that garden with sickness. He did not come with that into that garden with um with poverty he, he only came with into that garden with a weapon to just change the way they reason let me just change the way they reason let me let him feel that serving god is stressful living for the glory of god is not worth it let me just change the way he sees god let me just change his perception about life you see we are the sum total of our thought pattern we are the sum total of our thought pattern. As a man thinketh in his life, so is it. Now, the Bible talks about strong old thoughts or strong old. For you to be able to fulfill your purpose, for you to be able to strive to do what God has called you to do, for you to live and at the end of the days, when it is your time to leave this world, to look back and say, I have lived a good life. You have to understand the stronghold of the devil in your life. What is a stronghold? Second chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Strongholds are the lies we believe and base our lives on. The lies we believe and we base our life on are the stronghold of our life. The lies you believe unconsciously and you have based your life on those lies. Those are the stronghold thoughts. You realize that you are in church today because of a certain way you are thinking. You woke up this morning to, to take your bath and decide to go to church. Actually, it was about the way you are thinking. There's a period in your life when your mind was working in a certain way, you could have said you are so tired and you want to sleep. For some time, probably for your life, this is a time to play football or it's a time for family time. It might be for you, it used to be a time to just sit there and watch TV. But you are in church this morning because something changed about your reason. Until the devil can change the way you think, he cannot knock you out of the will of God. What are the strongholds that must be pulled down in your life? So ask yourself this question. Why am I not serving God? It's a question you should ask yourself. 
Then you will see, if you begin to ask yourself that question, you yourself begin to see some reasons, genuinely things you believe that are now influencing your life. Why am I serving God? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I not serving God? Why am I not committed to, in the house of God? Why is it that I do not go and win souls? Why is it that I find it difficult to preach to people? You will realize that there is a thought pattern that is influencing that action. Most of us do not pause to actually ask ourselves why we are doing what we are doing. And until you identify that stronghold, you cannot go far with God. Because the stronghold of your enemy is the seat of power. You see, if you are going to attack a country, when people plan coup, you see that they normally go for the capital city. Because the capital city is where the, the, those who have the power, where they are. So, haven't you been there that in January, for instance, you make some New Year resolution. And but by March, you've gone back on the old ways you were doing things. Do you know what happened? What happened is that in January, most of us unconsciously thought that it is behavioral modification that will help us fulfill our purpose. So we modify our behavior. Some of us, I will begin to wake up early this year. I will begin to read my Bible this year. And we have this good plan. But we did not go to attack the strongholds of our life. Why is it that through these years, I've not been able to read my Bible? Why is it that through these years, I've not been able to spend one hour daily to pray? What is the thought pattern that is influencing that action? So it is not behavioral change that was going to actually make you fulfill that goal. It is a transformation of your lifestyle. And that transformation will not happen until you change your thinking. So most of us you will see, we hear good sermons sometimes and we we'll begin to run with it. We we'll begin to run and after some time, few months down the line, We'll go back to the way we used to go. Why? You only took all that city. You left the capital city where the president is, where the executives are. So you are taking other states, but you did not attack the stronghold of your enemy. It's only a matter of time you'll go back. Ask yourself this question. Why are you where you are today in your level of work with God? Amen. Amen. Now there are strongholds that hinders us. From fulfilling our purpose with God. And let's identify some of the strongholds. Remember, strongholds are the lies that we believe and base our lives on. So, to change your life, you have to change your thinking. To change your thinking is to de demolish your strongholds. What are the strongholds? That hinders us from serving God, fulfilling our purpose, which is to glorify, to honor, to walk in the fear of God. Number one, which is what I'm going to share with you today, is the love of money. The love of money. Luke chapter 16, verse 13. I would like to read from NIV Bible. Luke 16, verse 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and 
money. Hallelujah. In the story of the sower that went out to sow in Mark chapter 4, Bible said that some fell by the wayside, some fell among rocks, but there's one that I, I was that I'm interested in today, the one that fell among thorns. The one that fell among thorns. Do you realize that in that story, after the one that fell among the thorns, then you then have the one that fell among the good soil. Usher, can you please move back, please? You are distracting someone. Why did the Bible talk about the one that fell among the thorns before the one that fell among the good soil? Because you see, that stage, if you go and check, the one that fell among the thorns, the Bible said, look, let's go and read what actually happened. Because it was very nearer to fulfilling its purpose. That seed was the closest in that story that could have grown to become a mighty tree. But there was a factor called the thorns of life that destroyed everything and the work of God. Look at it. Mark chapter 4 verse 18. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the loss of other things entering in. What did he do? Choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Did it work for Adam? It worked for Adam. It worked for Adam because it was the lost from other things that the devil played out in that garden. Made Adam to focus, refocus Adam from the love for God to the lost for other things. I share with you the tree of knowledge and of good and evil was the Google tree in the garden. It was not a bad tree when you look at it in today's world. A tree you can use to know what is good or what is bad. That is what Google tree is all about. I call it the Google tree because all you need to search is that just find out, is it good to do this? And Google will give you the search and anything you put in Google today, it gives you the answer. That was the tree that is was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But like I shared with you some time ago, you see, God did not want them to live their life based on sense knowledge. God wants them to live their life based on revelational knowledge. He wants to be everything to them. But the devil said, no, you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. You can, you can make more, more, more for yourself. The loss of other things. And when that happened, the garden that was meant to be a place of worship become a place of idol. The garden was meant to be a place of worship. Your marriage was meant to be a place you raise godly children. You fulfill the plan and purpose for your, of God for your life. In the life of your children. But now, even most people's marriages are not that anymore. You hear people, I've, I've counseled quite a number of people. The number one thing that couples complain about is not the spirituality of their spouse, but is that their spouse is not nice to them anymore. They declare 
war, they, they are not happy when the man does not leave chop money like we normally say, when he does not leave soup money, when he comes home late, when he, he does not care for them. But when the man was not praying, no, or when the woman was not praying, it was not a source of concern. Because you see, to you, that marriage is for you and it's not about God. Even when we are raising children today, we spend so much on school fees and spend little on buying them a Bible. I've seen children carry 500 naira Bible and their term school fees is over 60,000 naira. Why? They've forgotten that it is not about them. A child that you don't train to love God cannot love you wholeheartedly. It's not about you. Everything should always point to God. One of our senators in Nigeria, um, the former um, minister, I've forgotten what it was, recently, he was saying he, he, he regretted something. You know, he raised, his son now he has declared that he's no longer a man, he's a woman, and he's a lesbian or whatever. The son that he trained. But you know, he had all the money. He raised that child. He sent him to America. But he thought that you know, money was everything. He never factored God in. So more money, but less God. So imagine a son. How will you feel as a father that your son come in and say, Daddy, I'm no longer a man. I'm now a woman. Money fails. Money fails. When you as a woman also forget the purpose of God in, in, your, in that marriage, you will see that we are so consumed in our career that the time to even raise godly children is not there anymore. We cook all the food and put it in the freezer. We go on Monday and come on Saturday. But you cannot differentiate now between the career, the man and the woman anymore because both of them are now soaked and consumed in chasing after money, the loss of other things that they forget that actually one day money will fail. Even if we have all this, where's the God factor? That's why some women will never sacrifice going for a lesser job that will give them lesser pay to raise a family and raise godly home for anything. Because why? It's his money. It's my money. We need to both work for our money. Fulfilling your purpose. And you know, in the book of Exodus chapter 32 verse 31, the Bible says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin and have made themselves and made them gods of gold. They made gold their god. These people, it's a great sin. What is this great sin? They have made gold their god. They have made gold their god. They have made gold their god. Is also money your God? You know, you cannot be neutral. God never lived a neutral part. It's, even as you are hearing me today, the question is, who are you serving? God or money? God of money. The love of money is so powerful that people work for it till the end of their days and sometimes don't even live to enjoy it. And somebody else comes and begins to just enjoy the money they have labored for. One of the um, activists in Nigeria, human rights activist that died, never bought a Lamborghini. In his life, he championed because when he died, after he died, his son, when he had his inheritance and everything, one of the things the boy went to go and buy was a Lamborghini car. And he said, Why? Well, I said, No, I'm not like my father. I want to enjoy life. 
The man in the grave cannot determine what happens to his money anymore. His time was up. But I would say a man's life is not about all that he has acquired. Are you with me, somebody? What is the cure for the love of money? What is the cure for the love of money? Number one. Pursue after God. Pursue after God. What do I mean that pursue after God? To pursue after God is to actually understand that you are created to be a blessing. You are made to be a blessing. When it comes to money, it's never about you. It's about um, you are not yet blessed until you can point to all that you have been a blessing to. The level of blessing is in how much impact you have been able to make in this world, in the life of others, in the kingdom of God for you as a child of God, with the resources you have. Not how much you have been able to consume for yourself. Genesis 18 verse 18 says, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All the nation of the earth shall be blessed in him. I prophesy over your life. Lagos will be blessed in you. Nigeria will be blessed in you. Africa will be blessed through you. Uh, Europe will be blessed through you. Asia will be blessed through you. You know, uh, um, Australia will be blessed through you. Every the Middle East will be blessed through you. Begin to think beyond your immediate environment and say, Lord, I want to be a blessing to the world. Then God will put more in your hand. Until you change your thinking pattern, you cannot enjoy more with God. Do you see what the richest people, uh, most of the rich, um, richest people are doing right now? People like Gates, they understood that when they have all these billions in their account, he retired early, unlike Steve Jobs, and began, began to do a lot of charity work. In fact, during the coronavirus, you, you cannot tell whether he was a doctor or he was a software engineer. Because he and the wife, Melinda Gates, began to go all around the world, starting different foundations. Because at a point in time, he realized that these numbers of billions, 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 billions sitting down there, at a point in time in his life, Bill Gates could not point to one charity thing he ever did with his life. And he realized that if he died that way, I believe he would have lived a useless life. In Edo State, about some months ago, one of the billionaires died with his wife. You see, nobody knew they had died. It was after one week that their body began to decompose, that the smell saturated the atmosphere, that they knew that they were dead. After one week, a billionaire. And who killed them? The, um, the gate man and the driver. You know what happened? As I stood there and I was reading the story, I said to myself, when people are young, they think that serving God is boring. So they go all out to make more money. But when you are old, you will see that money it's not everything. I was telling my wife, I said, imagine this man was involved in the things of God. By the time he was not in church on Tuesday, or if he was a pastor, a billionaire pastor, by the time he was not in church on Tuesday, I'm sure somebody would see, look for him. 
It will never, nobody will have waited that they didn't see their pastor or they didn't see their singer. There are people in church, even when we don't see them in a day, people have to rush to their house. There are, if I one day one of our sisters in church did not just come to church by 7 o'clock, we became worried that this woman normally gets to church by 7. No, by 6.30. Something must not be right. So began by just 30 minutes because she has presented herself at somebody 30 minutes. But that day, I told the people, yeah, go and look for this woman. Go and look for her now. Find out what is happening. Her number is not going. Something must not be right. But a billionaire, it took over a week or almost a week because, you see, he never knew the value of serving God. He lived for money. But money could not buy him the honor that God can give. The question also is, how are you living your life? Eventually, money will fail. Money always fails at a point in time. In Europe, now when you check all the cruise company, who do you see cruising around the world majorly? Old people. Who do you see in the nursing home? Old people. But these are people who worked hard. But now in their old age, even the children they've raised, abandon them. That will not be your own portion. You see, when you begin to become a source of blessing, let me tell you what happened. You will become blessed. And that is the guaranteed way to secure the unborn generation. It's not by leaving so much money for your children. Let me tell you what you can leave for them sometimes. It's a good name. It's a good name. And that good name is making yourself a source of blessing to others. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 112 verse 2. Psalm 112 verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Proverbs 21 verse 21, NIV. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Everything God has blessed us with, it is time to remember, is life is all about God. We are created to bring glory, created to walk in His fear, and to honor him. The summary of life. When you lose sight of that purpose, you are failed. There's an important story most of us have been reading in the Bible. But we have lost a particular action in that story. The story of the rich man and the poor man. The name of the rich man was called Lazarus. But, the, no, the name of the poor man was called Lazarus. But the rich man was so wealthy that they did not even mention his name. It was what we call today in the Yoruba palace, Baba Olowo. So everybody knew him as what? Baba Olowo. But do you know that Baba Olowo was once a Christian, was once a committed child of God, until his soul was sold out to money. The Bible never stated it explicitly. But you can read in between the lines. How did I know that the man used to be a very committed Christian until money, the love of money took over his heart? The Bible said, in hell, he lifted his eyes and saw Father Abraham. 
How did he know? If he had not heard or knew about Abraham, he would not have known about him. He must have known about Abraham. He must have heard about Abraham before he could recognize that that was Abraham. There were two people he knew. These were two godly people. He knew Lazarus and he knew Abraham. He must have known about Abraham. But you see, when he became wealthy, when the love of money came in, little by little, his prayer life was sacrificed on the altar of more money. His Bible study life was sacrificed on the altar of more money. He's not serving God. He's not living for God. He was consumed in his quest to be more rich. And of course, he had the good name, rich man. He had the good name for himself. But Babalu went to hell. Babalu went to hell. And he had the knowledge of God. He went to hell. And do you know one of the pathetic things he said? He looked at Father Abraham in Luke 16 and said, Please, send this man to my house. I have five brothers who are still living like me. I don't want them to ever come to this place. So send Lazarus to my house. Send Lazarus to my house. Let him tell them that living for the glory of God is the ultimate thing in life. Let him tell them that the way they are going, if they die like that, there is a place of eternal torment. We don't talk about hell anymore in most of our churches, but hell is real. Eternity is real. A place of no return. And there is only one way ticket. The life you are living now. The life you are living now. That's your ticket to eternity in hell or in heaven. And you have the power to write whatever you want to write on that ticket. You have the power to determine your final destination. But you see, the devil will also not easily let you go. Because the devil also loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him. The devil loves you. And his love is showing you by making you walk in the path that will eventually make him more real in your life in hell. I pray that's not going to be your own portion. I pray that is not going to be your own portion. Does God want us to be blessed? God wants us to have money. But God does not want money to have us. Money is a very good servant but a bad master every prostitute you see today every every 419 person you see today every drug addict everything can be traced to the love of money money is meant to be a servant don't ever allow him to be your master when money masters you when money have your heart one destination is secure for you eternity in hell there's a story of a man called Henry P. Crowell. Henry P. Crowell. Actually, Henry P. Crowell is the one that manufactured Quaker hoods. But most of us do not know the story of Quaker hoods. He was on a sick bed when he heard a man of God called D.L. Moody. He heard him preached wonderfully. And as a young man, as he looked at the man on his sick bed, he lifted up his voice to God and said, Lord, in all honesty, I know I cannot be a preacher. But if you will bless me and make me a successful businessman, I will advance your cause on this earth. 
I will use my prosperity for the glory of your kingdom. Through the help of the doctor, and he was doing regular workout, he recovered after seven years. God answered that prayer. And when Crowell recovered, he went and bought a rundown factory that was making oats. And in 10 years, within 10 years, Quaker Oat became a household name globally. But one thing most of us did not know, go and check out his story. He started out by giving 10% of all his profits. Moved it to 20. Moved it for 40. It is on record, or it was on record that before he died, he was giving 70% of his profit to advance the cause of God. So next time you buy Quaker Hood, remember the value that God can add that your natural effort cannot add. Just a commitment, understanding that money is not about me. It's about God. The silver, the gold is mine. Everything is mine. Everything about your life should always glorify God. Should always mirror God. Should always remind people of who you are to God. My wife was at a pastor's wife's conference some time ago. And one of the general overseer's wife of one of the largest churches in Nigeria was sharing the story of one of her close friends who lives here in Lagos at Maryland. He said, this woman is a wealthy woman. But one day, he called, mommy, please come. And then she went to the house. Says she observed when she entered the house, just at Maryland here, that there was burglary, not ordinary burglary. This thick 16 mm burglary everywhere. The house had become like a prison. And there were everywhere kitchens, not you know, you, you use everywhere, even the bedroom, the bedroom, everywhere. Big, big burglary as if the house has become a jail. So she was concerned and asked, ah, What happened? He said, Ah, my, my son wants to kill me. Can't you see that everywhere is empty now? The only thing in this house now is even the bed and the few kitchen utensils. No chair, no TV. He said the son now is into serious addiction that he sells everything in the house and now even wants to kill him now. So she has to burglary proof everywhere. Burglary proof everywhere. Burglary proof everywhere. In her old age, where she ought to sit down to be enjoying the fruit of her labor. The God she forsook in her youthful days is now the God she's looking for to rescue her in her old age. Why? She worshipped money. Money had her soul. You to ask yourself today, where is the position of money in your life? It is time to put down that stronghold. Serving God and the interest of God is the ultimate thing in life. Let me round up by saying this. You see, you see us talking about something like Operation Andrew. Operation Andrew, we're talking about this operation we are using to go and win souls. And it's because we believe that everybody can learn how to serve God. The disciples learned it. 
You too can learn it. Why are we talking about care group in recent time? We'll tell you, join a care group. Join a care group. Because you see, if all you do is to listen to me from the pulpit, for instance, you may not be able to know where you will start. But you can start like a toddler. But when you are in a, in a small group, for instance, the leaders, okay, we are going for outreach today, just like we are doing today. You don't need to preach. But you watch us as we do it. Watch us as we do it. Watch us as we do it. In the care group, you will learn how to actually also be more in your own little way. Not everybody can be a preacher one day, but everybody can learn to serve God in one form of capacity or the other. Is a way if you don't understand that purpose, when you get to your care group and you see three people there, you see four people there, our care group cannot be more than 12. Once they clock 12, that care group is supposed to split into a group of six, six again. Because it is not about numbers, it is about development. It's an atmosphere you can learn to develop it yourself. You went to school to learn to fulfill your career. You can also learn to serve God more. And in this season, I want to encourage all of us. It is time to serve God. I really want to thank all of you who gave to us the giving weekend that we had yesterday. You know, I was so happy when I saw, you know, one of the things that made it different was the quality of what we gave. Everybody, you know, I remember on Saturday night, Friday night, when I looked at something, I had to go back and I said, no, babe, I have some, some, of, I, some of my suit that I'm still wearing. I'm going to give it. Right now, because you realize that it's not about how many, but how much you can do for people. I was happy yesterday when I saw, you know, somebody, people did not really believe that we was going on all the way to hell. But let me say this church to you is one of the best things we have done this year. Yesterday, if I tell you that I was not happy, I was happy because now we are, we are getting to understand life. There are sickness that makes people empty their wardrobe. There are sickness that makes people sell everything they have. And yet that sickness will still kill them. I've heard of people who have paid millions now for ransom for kidnapp to kidnappers. And at the end of the day, the only thing they have was their dead body. But if God has not allowed that, you, the love of God should make you lay down everything for God. The love of God should make you say, you know, I'm giving this. The love of God should make you say, who else can I be a blessing to? One of our brothers in church told me, when after I heard what, um, some of the things I, I, I decided to do, I told myself, you know, I will never live a life where the only person I'm paying their school fees is my children. So by the grace of God, even right now, I have people I'm paying their university school fees. I have people in secondary school I'm paying their school fees. Not outside of the church. Now, you can start from where you are. You see, be a blessing and you will see how God will even secure the life of your children. Above all, the best way you can be a blessing is to serve God with your heart, with your talent, with your gift. Don't just give materially. Give the Lord your strength. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Two colleagues were talking one day and God one said, he has the other one. If God blesses you, will you buy him a car? Say, yes, I will buy him a car if God blesses me. 
If God blesses you, will you build a church for him? Say, I will build a church for him if God blesses me. If God bless you, will you send money on missions? Say, I will, I will send money on missions if God bless you. Then the man changed the question. If God blesses you with two, car, uh, two cars, will you give one to God? Say, yes, I will give one to God if he blesses me two, with two cars. If God bless you with two houses, can you give one to God? Say, yes, I will give one of the houses to God freely. If God blesses you with two cows, Will you give one to God? And the man paused and said, Freddie, you are not being fair. I said, why am I not being fair? He said, you know that I only have two cows. Why do you want me to give one to God? You see, it's very easy to give what we don't have. And make pledges that if you will give me a child, if you raise me from the bed of affliction, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. But you know, you start with what you have. And the time to start is now stand to your feet with me this morning my lifetime oh i will give god my lifetime oh my lifetime my lifetime i will give i will give god my life Oh, if I give, if I give God my lifetime, oh, He will take care, He will take care of me. Oh, He will never, He will never, never let me down. I will give, I will give God. Before we pray, this past week, the former general overseer of the First Great Gospel Church was um, laid to rest in the presence of Reverend Dr. Wilson, late Reverend Dr. Wilson Badejo. And my wife attended that occasion. One thing that struck me about the life of that man when they were sharing his testimony, it was a successful businessman and he is killed he made just in the area of farming yeah he's even the one that started the obasanjo farms and so many farms mega farms in nigeria and he said they said to him that when he said he was going to quit his job to start serving god everybody thought he was mad because the ministry could not pay him as much as he was earning from all these big connections from all these people that surrounded him. And he told them a story that making a decision to serve God is a way of saying thank you to him. He said it was, they were doing a looter in the university one day. I think it was the University of Lagos. And the policemen came and began to fire tear gas. And the students also went berserk to go against the police and the police decided to fire a warning shot and he said see this mark he said whilst he was still standing all he perceived was a hot iron passed through this place and do you know what happened the bullets went straight to kill the person behind him so he said it dawned on him 
that he was a dead man that day. When the bullet just passed by his own cheek and left a mark and went straight to kill the person behind him. So he said the next Sunday when he went to church and they made one more altar call. said to God, this life, I will give it to you. Say so today I have made a lot of money. I'm, I'm managing farms. But I know that God did not give me that life to be a farm manager. He gave me that life to use it for his glory. So now it is time to say thank you to him. And he turned and entered into the ministry. I may not know the story of your own life. I may not know how far God has helped you. But the question I want to ask you as a prayer, is this the best way you can live to say thank you? Is this the best way you can show gratitude? Some of us need to remember the stories of our youthful days. The accident he delivered us from. The Christ that he answered. Some of us need to remember how we got to this point. My question is, is this the best way you can say thank you to him? Is this the best way you can say thank you to him? Today, I want to make an altar call. It is time some of you rededicate your life to God. It is time some of us give our lives to God. But I want to call on those who want to say thank you to him. By giving their lives to him. By rededicating their lives to him. I don't know wherever you are this morning. But it's time to say thank you to God. That man lived well. And he ended up becoming a general overseer. The time he died, he could have said died, but he would have died as a farm manager or a farm owner. But he died leaving a mark on the four square gospel church for God. It is time you do more for God. It's time to go all out. All eyes bow and all eyes close. If you are here this morning, you want to say thank you to God. By rededicating your life to him. You want to say thank you to God. By giving your life back to him. You want to say goodbye world. Jesus here I come. I want to serve you. I know you are here. There is no iota of doubt in my heart. That you are here. I only pray that you will be willing enough. To make this decision today. To give your life back to him. Rededicate your life back to him. Or surrender your life back to him. Wherever you are. Maybe you are watching online or you are in this house. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to him. Just lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is a very important decision you are making. I see those hands. God bless you. Now place those hands on your chest. And talk to God. Say, Lord, here I am. Take all of me and use me for your glory. Lord, here I am. Laying it all down. Laying my life, my moment and my days. All that I am, I'm giving it back to you. Oh, talk to God. Take my life and let it be. 
this morning. Lord, here I am. I'm rededicating my life. I'm giving my life to you. I want to love you more. I want to serve you more. My career will not have me. Money will not be my master. Jesus will remain my master. I want to just talk to God whilst I pray with you very quickly. Thank you, Lord. It's time to go back. It's time to do more for him. In Jesus' name. With your hands on your chest, I want you to say these words after me. And I want you to say it from the depth of your heart. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I acknowledge that you gave me this life for your glory, for your honor, for your fear. Today, Heavenly Father, I've come to give my life back to you. To give my life or to rededicate my life back to you. And I boldly ask that dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Please wash all my sins away. Please wash all my sins away with your precious blood. I give my life to you today. I rededicate my life to you today. Come be my Lord. Come be my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I confess you with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that you died for my sins and you rose from the grave. Today, Lord Jesus, come and be my Lord. Come and be my Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For saving my soul today. Thank you Lord Jesus. For accepting me again. In Jesus name. Amen. Father I pray for all those ones. If you make that decision. I saw some hands here and there. Can you come forward. I want to just pray for you. Just come. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart. Just come. It may be wherever you are. Just come very quickly. Yes come. Come, I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you before we close this service. I know some of you prayed it from the depth of your heart. Take that bold step of faith and just come forward right now. Take that bold step of faith and come forward right now. Put the devil to shame. Put the devil to shame. Take that bold step of faith. Take that bold step of faith. God bless you. Take that bold step of faith. God bless you. God bless you. Take that bold step of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for all those ones who have come to rededicate their lives, who have come to give their life to you, Lord. I pray for them, Lord, that today will mark a new beginning in their lives. Both the young and the old that have made a decision to love you, to fear you, to honor you, to serve you. Lord, I pray that these ones will fulfill their purpose for your lives in the name of Jesus. They will fulfill your purpose for their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will live a life that will bring glory and honor to God. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that these ones will be rooted and grounded in your kingdom. They will rise to do more for you. In the name of Jesus. Say
that I rebuke you, take your hands off their lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Shout a louder, Amen. amen. All right. Now, those of you who are children, you can go back to your seat. Those of you who are here in the middle, you see that my sister wearing white. She's going to just give you something outside. All right. Please just follow her. Follow that sister. And uh, she's going to be attending to you very quickly. Everybody, can you please lift up your hands? I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I pray for everyone under the unction of my voice. That we will live to fulfill your purpose in our lives. In this fourth quarter of the year, may the remaining days of 2021 be a year of consecration a year of devotion a year of fulfilling our, your purpose for our lives in the name of jesus i pray for you as you go into this week your life will mirror the glory of god your life will reflect the grace of god your life will reflect the beauty of god oh may your life affect people in every continent of the world may the light of god that he has placed in your hand shine beyond your immediate community in the name of jesus may you rise above every limitation may you rise above every hindrances may you rise above whatever is holding you or pressing you down from serving God today in the name of Jesus. Go forth and love God. Go forth and serve God. Go forth and be pleasing to God in the name of Jesus. And I pray that every stronghold that have turned your heart and your mind against God, that stronghold is hereby declared destroyed in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. We return all the glory back to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Shout a wonderful amen, somebody. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Have you been blessed this morning? Will you live for his glory? Will you live for his honor? Will you live to demonstrate his fear? And God is going to help you the more. In Jesus' name. All right, you may please be seated. Before we close this service, it's time to bring God out substance to honor the law with our substance i would say honor the law with your substance with the first fruit of all your increase proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 so shall thy bands be filled with plenty and thy, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine so honoring god with our substance is is one of the ways we we'll say thank you to him you must always recognize that everything you have belongs to him and that your money is part of the your stewardship to God. I pray that God will raise new generation of Crowells in this place. Those who will be successful in their career and they will advance the course of the gospel in the name of Jesus. All right, can we, if you want to give your tithe, you can lift up your tithe, your offering, and every form of giving you want to honor the Lord with this morning. Whilst you are seated, you can please lift them up as you give this morning to the glory of His name. Now say with me, Father, I honor you with my substance. I serve you with my substance. My finances belong to you. I acknowledge that you are the Lord that giveth me power to get wealth. I return to you today of that which you have blessed me with. Be glorified even as I give. In Jesus' name. Father, everything we have is from you and belongs to you. We give our tithe, our offering, and every expression of giving because we love you and acknowledge that you are our provider. 
as we honor you everywhere online everywhere lord i ask that you be glorified once again even as we serve you with our resources in jesus precious name we are praying amen. shout amen can the offering basket please go around all right can the offering basket please go around don't sing i just want to quickly make one or two announcements as we um give right now okay god bless you all as you give remember that today is um by 5 p.m is our care group sunday and today also is a special soul winning sunday we have been teaching on Operation Andrew. Some of us have never won any, so we have two weeks to go for in Operation Andrew. But and we have the mandate of winning two souls. So today we are going to learn on how to evangelize, and we are going to put it to practice. Now you don't need to actually evangelize yourself, but what we want to do is to our leaders are going to lead a team of us out in various ways, and you are going to see how to do it. If you have any question, you can feel free to ask them now. Being an apprentice for God is a good thing. So you don't have an excuse. We are not going to force you to actually do it because we know that some of us may have one form of thing that may be a challenge. But we want to help you grow. We want to help you do it. We want to teach you how to serve God. So that by the time you go back to your harvest field, maybe your place of work, your business, center the marketplace and everything you will go there with a shining light to lead others to god your boss will become born again because of you your colleagues will become born again because of you i see some of you before this year is over starting new care groups at your at your business centers you see you are going to start gathering people at during big time during closing time once a week at your place of work for fellowship and men will be surprised before you know it they will change your name to pastor they will start calling you mama jesu they will start calling you madam for jesus because you are going to shine the light everywhere you go this week in the name of jesus i see i want that to be your aim you know my son was telling me during the week said pastor daddy um one of the brothers in church is he, he has he was able to start a fellowship in his school i want to start one i want to i want to be like him and I was very grateful. He said, he's the choir leader in the school. And I was very grateful that I have people who are influencing others. That is a good student who has taken the torch to his school. I think that's Brother Gabriel. Where's Gabriel? Is there? Oh, I think you should put your hand together for him. That is how it's supposed to be. So the harvest field is your place of work. The marketplace you are is an harvest field. Those of you who are in different sphere of life, those of you who work in, whether in the open market or in a corporate environment, that is your harvest field and begin to pray lord help me to be the salt in this organization help me to shine the light i want to have a vision that before 2021 is over you are going to start a fellowship wherever you are doing business or any your source of living and god will make it happen in the name of jesus and guess what if that is your prayer point you watch how it will begin to bless you. Because everything you need to be a shining light in that organization, including promotion, it will add it to you. Because he is a God that loves those who serve him. So please, even if you've not been attending fellowship before, today is a good day to start. The men meet in church. Some, those who don't have fellowship, the women, or some of the women also meet in church and in other places. Whichever care group centers you belong to, by all means, today is a good day to say thank you to God by learning how to serve him. Hallelujah. Now, before we also close, 
We want to say thank you to all those who gave to us the giving weekend yesterday. It, I think you should put your hand together for Jesus. It was a fantastic experience. Now, the main one, we were able to experiment. We saw some challenges yesterday, and uh, we are going to deal with the challenges. We still have some unsold items. So after the second service, you will see um, well, uh, some items we are not able to give and you know, at whatever discount rate and give out for free, depending on, and after the service, second service, you are still going to see the people displaying some wonderful items, some for free, some at a very ridiculous amount, because the aim is to keep raising money for the welfare team from those proceeds, so that we don't have to always write letter, letter. So the good news is that by 20th of December, no, sorry, let me be sure of my date, by 18th of December, which is the Saturday before Christmas, is when we are going to be having the biggest giving weekend. Amen. And um, we are believing God that by that time, we will be able to even sell chicken at a very ridiculous amount. Uh, maybe one day we will sell cow, cow for 200 naira. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. But it's a wonderful thing to see us. Now, before we go also, we realize, I just want to say this, as you prepare for the next edition, that one of the major challenges we saw yesterday was that we discovered that there are also some the, a group of people we call interceptors. Interceptors are people like that go and some of them perceived as other members wanted to give something and um, they rushed to the house of those people and said, don't give it to the church. Me, I need it. All right. Now, anytime we want to do things like this, please, if anybody comes to you in person that, oh, this thing you want to give, maybe the person is privy to it, please do not give it to them. Insist that every gift gets to church. The reason is this. As a church, we know some of these people more than you. And you cannot tell if the person had come to you and had gone to about four or other, five other places like that to do the same thing. And some of them had a track record of lying or doing any other thing because you cannot totally trust people. But as a church, we, we know things and we always investigate before we give things out. So please do not mind anybody who wants to take advantage of your generosity? Even if you want to help anybody in church, whatever you want to do, we want to encourage you, insist that the thing is administered through the church system. Because that way, you will be sure that it will get to the right hand and you will not be taking unnecessary advantage. Because the reason why some of us don't give is because of this kind of situation. That now, you are, because you have done this, then people start coming to you, start writing letters to you, start doing things. And those are abuse of the process. And as a church, we frown against such acts. So even after today, if anybody, for whatever reason, even before the giving, um, um, the one we're doing on the 20th of, uh, 18th of December, ever come to you for any need in this church, we want to implore you, please, Tell them, I'm going to help you, but I must do it with the knowledge of the church. You see that some of them will just back out because they know that some of them have already received something like that. We've had cases now that some have gone to more than one person with the same storyline because you cannot rule out fraudulent people among God's people because they know that Christians are generous. The Lord bless you greatly. And uh, can we stand to our feet as we share the benediction? Once again, may the Lord bless all of you richly and prosper you. Father, thank you for this glorious week.
And I pray for your people as they go into this week that it will be a prosperous week for you. Your relationship with God will prosper more. Your relationship with God will be more intimate. I pray for you that your life will glorify God. This week, your life will bring praises to God. Your light will shine before all men. They will see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I pray for you that every booby traps, every trap of the enemy in this week, you and yours will rise above them and escape them all in the name of Jesus. Whatever is called accident, whatever is will cause bodily damage, whatever we call will cause loss of life, loss of property, fire accident, water accident, oil accident, road accident, transportation accident. Whatever it is the devil has set up for you this week, by the blood of the Lamb, I decree over your life, you are escaping them all in the name of Jesus. This is a fruitful week for you. A week for moving from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from strength to strength. And may the favor of the Most High God open new doors for you this week in the name of Jesus. And as you return again, you return with testimonies. In Jesus' wonderful name, I have prayed. Shout a louder, amen. Let's share the goodness one to go. Surely, goodness and mercy are following us. And we are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Our royal confession of faith. I'm a royal. I enjoy the best. I'm a child of the king. I can never be defeated. Lions are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. Is my your supernatural advancement? I'm waxing great. I'm going forward. I will keep on growing until I make it. I'm royally graced. I'm above only. God bless you. The second service will be started.